we're the only bank that is doing banking as a service. And a few years ago, we started thinking about how we were gonna compete on the consumer banking sphere. One of our thought was to partner with fintechs so that we could sell our products and create like a white label brand. Right now we're 100% cloud-based. This makes us elastic in terms of demand. Also, by not having any branches, we have to think differently. It is this differentiated approach that's not only helping Ascendo compete with bigger rivals in Mexico, but also transforming the way in which financial services are delivered in Latin America. Hi, I'm Tanya Bharatwaj, and on today's episode, we're chatting with Francisco Parales, Director of Consumer Banking at Ascendo Banco. Ascendo has been one of the early adopters of banking as a service, an approach where banks open up their APIs for fintechs and other third parties to build their own financial products. I began by asking Francisco about the new open banking regulation in Mexico and how he sees it revolutionizing the banking landscape. Hi, Tanya. Sure, I'll be happy to do so. Mexico has 51 banks, and recently Congress passed a fintech law that entails three things, a new wallet, a law for crowdfunding, and a law for cryptocurrency. And I think it is wonderful that we're moving into that direction because it's important that the regulators work on an open banking platform for banks so that we can have the chance to do a better job at financial inclusion. We think things are going to change. The way people buy financial products is, is changing, especially now after COVID, where people are really going to look at experiences digitally, whether they do it through fintechs, e-tailers, or marketplace platforms, or direct banking offerings. I think it's important that we have the regulatory framework uh, so that things happen in an orderly fashion. Right. Let's talk about the approach then that Ascendo has taken. You've been one of the early adopters to banking as a service. You've invested in APIs for third parties and also partnered with fintech companies. Two questions that really come to mind. One, what led you to sort of take this approach? And would you say it's paid off? Yes, I think it has paid off uh, really well for us. We're the only bank that is doing banking as a service. And a few years ago, we started thinking about how we were going to compete on the consumer banking sphere. One of our thoughts was to partner with fintechs so that we could sell our products and create like a white label brand so that we could be faster at acquiring customers with a different cost structure. And since we didn't have any branches, we started from scratch. It was pretty good technology-wise because right now we're 100% cloud-based. This makes us elastic in terms of demand. Also, by not having any branches, we have to think differently. So we decided to work on a banking as a service uh, software or service to empower this type of businesses, whether a fintech or a retailer. And um, one of the things that we did, we created white-label banking products. We created co-branding products so we can issue debit credit cards. We can help with payments real time. We also help payment platforms on the acquiring side 
And uh, we did this through APIs, from microservices, and also through S SDKs. So I would say it paid off. We recently won the best fintech bank last year in 2019 from Mexico, and we're so proud of it. You talked about how white-label banking services is a key strategy for you folks. Talk to us a little bit more about, you know, what are some of the problems that you're solving for your clients and use cases that you might have discovered along the way? I'll give you a couple of examples. So, for example, it's difficult uh, here in Mexico. Not difficult. I would say it's timely. Probably not the best experience to open bank account as a regular consumer. You have to walk into a branch, probably spend two, three hours, maybe go once again, and then get your card delivered probably one or two or three days later. So one of the things that we did is empower fintech so that they could so that you could open a bank account within minutes. And we're talking about seven minutes, and your car will get delivered within 30 minutes, an hour. Uh, whether you're working, whether you are at your you're, you're at home. And I think that is amazing. That's an amazing customer experience. And, and, and the way we did it is by partnering with fintechs and by providing a high-level banking service where they could connect and have a product up and running, like an e-wallet with a card within weeks. And we're talking eight, 10 weeks so we're able to do that that rapidly, and uh, we're becoming fast and nimble. One of the things that keeps me worried at night is trying to really make our customers happy. Whether our customer is a fintech or a retailer, more importantly, making sure that their customers, ultimately a consumer, is really happy with the products and services that we're providing through them. How would you say the COVID-19 pandemic has changed consumer behavior in Mexico specifically? The pandemic, unfortunately, has changed and is changing the way we do business, the way we live, the, the way we go around our lives, right? One of the things that has changed, folks don't really want to go to a branch uh, or to a crowded space, right? By providing digital experiences through our, through our customers, which are the fintechs and our bank partners, we're able to have a lot less friction. And, and I'm talking about the friction of being in a crowded place, of, of having to go to a branch uh, to open a bank account or to get service for a financial product. I think that has changed for the best. So, so technology has had to adapt sooner rather than later to the digital world, right? Or to doing things digital that they weren't used to. And, and what we have seen in our numbers, uh, which the pandemic really took off here in Mexico in April, uh, mid-March, April, May, June, we're basically at the peak right now. And we're seeing our numbers grow through the pandemic. So people are, are adapting more rapidly to this new reality. And it's important that businesses also adapt at the right time with the right product uh, to make sure that this digital banking perspective will probably get accelerated because of the pandemic. It's important because we think we are doing things better, 
faster, cheaper, and we're also protecting the consumer, right? By not going to public areas and by getting their banking services, that, that, that's an important thing when you have a, a, a crisis, right? You need, you need to make sure that people have their money, that people get their payroll, uh, that people are able to pay their bills, and they're doing it differently now. I suppose another learning for you has been that in order to make the system more inclusive and competitive, collaboration is clearly the way forward. How do you see that trend take shape over the next five years in Mexico? The financial industry in the consumer side is, is going to change. And cash is going to change the way we look at cash, the way we get cash, the way we, we make payments. And I think the whole ecosystem is going to change and, and it's changing and banks have to adapt and we need to partner. We need to partner with people that do deliveries so that we can deliver a bank card more efficiently, just like we deliver food, just like you ask for a for a ride with Uber or Cabify. And that entails collaboration between different types of businesses. One of them is the bank who provides the banking products. Uh, and this is just for the whole industry. And, and I think we're seeing the changes, not only in Mexico and Latin America and in, in some parts of the world. Uh, we, we need collaboration with merchants so that they accept payments in a different way, uh, more rapidly. We need collaboration with our regulators. We need collaboration with our fintech partners. Uh, we need collaboration with the telecommunication industry. I think that's going to happen probably faster than, than, than we think. And I think uh, businesses are starting to realize that you cannot be good at a lot of things. You, you have to focus on a couple of things that you're really good at and then get collaboration, right? And, and this is where we, we can partner with companies like Neum. This is where for payments, right? And, and instead of us creating a whole network of payments around the world, uh, this is where we can partner with Visa and MasterCard. And this is where we can partner delivery type of organizations like Rappi and like Uber so that we can deliver our products and services if we have to deliver a physical product, right? This is where we need to think outside the box so that we can create a digital card. And, and I'm very proud to say that we were the first team in the world to launch a physical card without numbers for Visa. And we were the first one in Mexico. And, and those things uh, came from some of our customers by listening to them. and. That's the type of collaboration. We really didn't, we were trying to solve a different problem and we ended up doing something very differently and solving a much bigger problem. And this we did with the collaboration of our customers, right? Trying to think outside the box, trying to think digitally, trying to develop products for a digital platform, for a digital world and for a different market that doesn't understand why we have to go into a branch and do business there. So that's the way I would say, uh, and the trend that's probably going to happen uh, over the next years in the industry, whether with fintechs and banks and, 
and some other type of businesses, uh, we need that type of, of collaboration, right? Uh, I'm talking also about ID verification, right? There's companies that do a much better job than banks making sure digitally that we are IDing our customers properly. I think those we're going to see a trend of, of that collaboration in the future. We're seeing it right now. Mexico has adopted open banking, not just to change the dynamics of financial services, but as you said, to also solve the larger problem of financial inclusion and bringing back confidence in banking. I know it's early days, but how hopeful are you that some of these objectives will be met? I am extremely hopeful, uh, Tanya. Unfortunately, the, the banking industry is so concentrated in a few banks, right? I think I will say it's, it's a sad story in terms of financial inclusion because we have around 40 to 50% of the population is not banked. And to me, that is kind of like, like, like a banking malpractice. And, and we have to be very honest with ourselves and think, what, what did we do wrong, right? How things went that way? Because we know from research that economic development especially to the, to the low-income communities, starts with having an education, but it also helps if you have a bank account, if you are included in, the, in that system, right? And, and I think technology is going to help us level that playing field. And when you think about, right, that some of these households might not have internet, might not have a computer, but most of them now, have a smartphone and we can do a lot of things. A smartphone right now, it was like a supercomputer 10 years ago uh, in terms of, of the capacity to do things, the capacity to solve problems, the, the capacity to understand uh, and to search for things, right? And now you can open a bank account, a very decent bank account, uh, and have access to these great financial products within minutes. So in that regard, I'm very hopeful. But if you look at our track record as a country, we have always been that way. And that's not necessarily good, not necessarily good for, for anybody. So in that regard, I think we can really help the goals of our government and our regulators to really close the gap in terms of financial inclusion, right? So that we can have more folks having a great financial product so that they can save for their first house, so that they can save for college for the kids, so that they can borrow at an affordable rate. And, um, and, and in that regard, I think technology is going to help us a lot. It's going to help us do things differently, whether you are uh, providing a loan and, and going through the underwriting process and, or whether you are helping someone save for something. Uh, in that regard, I think hopefully 10, 20 years from now, most of the folks will have access to a financial product that is of great quality through their cell phone, right? And they will have uh, a banking service that works for them 24-7. How do you see financial services ecosystem shaping up in Latin America and what would your advice be to those players, you know, who are looking to enter the arena or make a big splash? Well, I'm also very hopeful about Latin America. When, when you look at how many banks we have in Mexico, which we have 51, 
uh, and not all of them, but most of them were with the consumers. And then you see that there's 400 fintechs just in Mexico, right? And a lot of them do e-wallets and a lot of them are working uh, on the payment sphere. And there's a lot more that are coming with innovation, with different ways of doing business. And when you look at Latin America, there's around 2,000 fintechs, right? According to Finovista. And they are really innovative. I'm hoping that some of the governments learn from the experiences that they were seeing in the UK, from the experiences that were seen here in Mexico in terms on, on the regulatory side and what the government is trying to do to, to make sure that there is financial inclusion for everyone. I'm, I'm very hopeful that banks are going to look pretty different in a better way. Uh, a makeover for the banking industry is it's, it's really common. And as I was saying before, consumers will buy financial products digitally via fintech it tailors to experiences i don't see my kids uh, really walking into a, a branch to open a bank account to, to get their first payroll card or, or or debit card and bank account because they just uh, got their first job and, and they need to get paid I, I don't see them going through a bank they are going to do these things whether they do it with a bank through a direct banking offering uh, or through their employer uh, or uh, through a fintech, right? Where they're going to open everything they need to start the job and, and, and start getting paid. That ecosystem uh, is shaping in a better way, in a much more efficient way so that we can deliver products that are better, that are cheaper, that pay better rates, and that are uh, much more efficient for the consumer. Thank you so much, Francisco, for taking the time out for us and good luck with all your future endeavors. Thank you, Tanya. It's wonderful to talk to you and, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Well, that's it from us here today. But before we log off, we really appreciate your thoughts and feedback on the show. Drop us a line on the Neom podcast at neom.com. If you have any ideas or suggestions on who you'd like us to feature or topics that you'd like us to take up, do send them our way. Thanks for listening.